good afternoon, good night, good day, wherever you are. This is Unleashed Unapologetically. And with me this evening, I have Teresa Morer. She is a physical therapist. And I am glad that I have you here because you know we always talk here about pillars of health, wealth, building relationship, and of course, personal development. And those are the pillars that I cover here in this platform. And we bring here with us people who can help us understand where we are with our pillars when it comes to health pillars. And that's what she's going to do. So she is an author, she's a coach, and she is a speaker. She actually recently published The Art of Assisting Aging Parents. And through that, she helps people understand certain aspects of, you know, what you do when you're going through changes in your life. And it did not happen just like that. It's all came in from a pivoting life that she had to do. And she's going to talk about her pivot, her experience, because now she's diving more into taking what she knew, what she has done for what many, what over 35 years to now bringing it in a different way, in a different aspect, in a different format, just so you can learn how to develop yourself in the business that you are in and grow within as well, understanding those pillars that we cover. But of course, Teresa, welcome to the platform, because if I start talking, I'll never end. So (laughs) I'll let you do the introduction to everybody else here listening and waiting to hear about you tell us about you what's going on what got you here how did it begin okay yeah thank you so much for having me it's just a pleasure to talk to you and i'm so excited for this interview um yeah i started of course i started my physical therapy career um, about 35 years ago and um, as a creative you know i always enjoyed doing things different and i enjoyed art and I loved science and I loved helping people. So I chose physical therapy as a career. But, you know, I got into it and there were a lot of times for me that just weren't that, um, that actually were just a little bit boring. I hate to say that, but you know, I loved the healing. I loved the working with people, but um, I was looking for something a little bit more. And it, it was about, I think, almost 20 years into my career. And I just kept, you know, kept the job up and I had a family. And, um, but I came across multidisciplinary group therapy. And yeah, and it was fascinating to me because, you know, as physical, occupational, and speech therapists, we put patients into groups. And then we set up these um, activities for them um, of, you know, challenging their balance and maybe playing word games and uh, doing fine motor activities. And, you know, we had like, we had, we just did fun things too, you know, and this was all, you know, fun therapy and fun activities. And uh, we put people on Swiss balls and, um, you know, just had them do, you know, a lot of balance and um, interact, interact with each other. And that was a big thing is they were interacting with each other. And, you know, I found that the the patients were doing just so well with this, you know, it just really intrigued me. So I built a framework around this and um, actually, you know, then I kind of went in and out of group therapy as sometimes insurance paid for it, sometimes they didn't, you know, so we had to, it was kind of an ebb and flow with this, you know, with this method, you know, so um, 
about 15 years later, I was helping my own mother as she aged in, in her last few years of life. And um, I actually took a couple of years and went to Kansas City to help her with my sisters. And um, at that time, I, you know, people were coming up to me and my sisters and saying, what do I do for my aging parents? You know, I, I don't know what to do. They were, we were all we were all actually all kind of crazy. It's like, how do we handle this? You know, mm -hmm. even me being a daughter, you know, instead of just a caregiver, I was a daughter. And so I had to learn not only to be a professional and all these, you know, things that my mother could, um, you know, benefit from, you know, physically and mentally. And, but I also had the daughter role. And so that just made everything different. <laughs> and, and so I decided to write a book. That's when I started my book. And it took me a couple of years to get it published. And um, I did, um, you know, kind of my first focus was, uh, you know, working with caregivers and the aging to help them with a proactive aging process that I put in my book. Um, and then I have also just recently decided that with my group therapy, I really need to be teaching this to therapists to help them to implement these, you know, I, I think they're awesome, awesome, um, you know, health benefits. And really now the beauty of it is that we have all the research and yeah, the research is coming out almost daily on how these face-to-face -face interactions are good for your health. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so that's how I got to kind of where I am today. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I, it's, a, it's interesting, right? When we, we doing so many things, we helping people, we know what to do. But when it comes to our own aging parents, mm -hmm. <laughs> we ask ourselves, wait a minute, am I the daughter? Am I the professional? Which side am I on? Until, you know, to realize, okay, what exactly do we need to do? <laughs> mm -hmm. And you had to learn in the process of it, how to care and actually how to provide the same services, but in a different way for those, you know, who are in the aging life. So when you work with other professionals to teach them to help them understand the process what are the steps that you have to take in order for them to really understand the structure of the process of the learning itself and then for them to go ahead and practice it okay yes um well first of all i go through kind of the why you know why why would we do this you know mm -hmm. and so i come up with all the of the benefits of group therapy of the face-to-face -face interactions and actually the therapeutic activities that we use during um you know group therapy um you can actually strengthen muscles um faster or actually what what happens is the neuroplasticity which are mm -hmm. you know the neural networks in your brain um they're easier to build up with therapeutic activity versus just a st standard exercises so there's some research out about that so um, we do activities that are fun and challenging and we also you know i also talked to them about dual tasking which is you know doing two activities at once and that challenges the brain it challenges the same area of the brain so that the patient is really um you know challenged and developing new neural networks or even strengthening the, the networks that they need Mm -hmm. So I talk about that and then, you know, be actually even being face to face, you're emitting hormones that make you more empathetic and they help you with that. It's kind of the oxytocin or the kind of the love hormone, you know, when you're, you're you know, you're, you're drawn to people. So that's a benefit. 
um, you know, it can decrease anxiety, it can decrease, you know, blood pressure. I mean, there's so much, you know, that just being in a group, you know, the benefits of, of a group do, do for you. Yes. So, so after I tell them why, then I start unpacking all the health benefits and the mm -hmm. research because as mm -hmm. therapists, we love the research, you know, we love, you know, an evidence-based practice. So I right. do that. And then I just show people how to, you know, do, do some, um, you know, group groups. I actually made up some, I have a PowerPoint of, um, I call it Picasso's painting party. <laughs> and yeah, so actually we get the patients up and they paint um, a picture and actually they just take turns, you know, and every patient adds to the picture. And as we're doing that, we are working on balance. Um, we work with like a wide base of support or putting like your feet apart and seeing how, you know, feeling how stable you are. And the next time they get up and paint, they put their feet together and see how like unstable they are, you know. So it's like some safety training. So we throw that in. And then I like to talk about Picasso and how he um, transitioned through his life. You know, he, he was an artist from the age. I think his one of his first words was pencil. You know, I mean, he started art when he was, you know, like seven years old, you know, mm -hmm. and he, he had art through his whole life. You know, he died. I can't remember, remember how old he was. I think he was in his 80s, you know. He continued to be an artist. and But he had these periods in his life that, um, you know, he had the mel melancholy period. He mm -hmm. had, you know, the cubism period where he actually developed a, a, a new style of art, you know. Mm -hmm. And I talked to my patients about, you know, the transitions that they have to go through in life, you know, but just not to give up, you know, things change, you know, you might even develop something new. You might, you know, you might find out something new about yourself or others or a, a way to live or a way to, you know, get around or, things like that. So um, I try to, you know, take that one piece of art and actually fine art has many health benefits. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's just, it's just crazy. All these benefits that, that you gain, but I try to take that one artist and display his life and show people that, you know, um, you know, just, just how to live, how to transition, how to change and how to, how to grow, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, so that, that's one of the things I do. But then um, I also tell them like some, some therapists are not, I, I would say that this is for like creative and flexible therapists. If you tend to be a therapist that likes to do things, you know, kind of uh, very structured, mm -hmm. um, then I have a, a kind of a group that you can do, you know, you can structure your group a little bit more and, you know, do certain exercises and move on to different, um, you know, types of you know, even, even like breathing exercises or meditation and mindfulness training. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I do that. And then uh, the at the end of the uh, training, I just, I, again, kind of put it all together and, and say, you know, this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there, 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 there's a lot of details, you know, in between, but that's mm -hmm. kind of the basics. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, as you were talking earlier and you brought in that you do the dual task, you know, getting mm. people to do dual um, thing at the same time. And I'm saying to myself, I'm wondering how that goes. <laughs> because sometimes we cannot do two things at the same time. When we're trying to do, our mind wanders so fast and try to, you know, give up in one at least. Because you know how sometimes we're multitasking and then by doing that, some, there's something we're not going to do well or there's something we're going to 
live in between. But here you are talking about getting your group to try to do that and still being able to fulfill the task. How do you get them to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a good question. And we, we know that if we're sending our patients home, there, there will be distractions, mm -hmm. you know? So in our therapy world or clinic or wherever we are, we don't want to make things too perfect because life, life in your, and your environment are not perfect, you mm -hmm. know? So we might have even like walking and talking, like if I walk my patient down the hallway and I, and sometimes I'll do this, I'll test them as we're walking, I'll ask them a question. And I'll, sometimes they have to stop and think about it and then they'll turn to me and they'll answer the question and then and then we'll you know move on and I might even throw another question at them and if they stop again um, and and answer me I know they can't do two things at once so yeah so when they go home and they might be walking uh, down the hallway or something and the telephone rings or you know that that might just throw them off you know because um, or if somebody you know uh, you know talks to them or, or some something happens you know so, like they have to do those two things attend to two tasks tasks at once they may end up in a in an, in an unsafe um, kind of environment yeah so we try to prepare them for that or um, I know like even I have a gardening group where they could be actually like planting flowers and 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 talking you know having a discussion with people um, it's things like that or like um, I know in our gardening group once, um, one of the patients was high enough to where he could, he could sweep the sidewalk, you know, or the, the, the uh, patio. So he got up and that, that takes that walking and, you know, using your arms and using mm -hmm. your legs at the same time. So we want our patients to, you know, achieve things like that before mm -hmm. they go home, you know, mm -hmm. so, so we know they're safe. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I, I mean, I'm loving it, what you are sharing, because I know for people who are getting older, you know, they there are certain things they start forgetting to do. And when they have, you know, um, someone who's prepared, who's coached like you, you know, to come in and guide them the, to the way that can help them, you know, remember things or being able to find their balance or being able to, to do, to, you know, to talk and, clean at the same times without, you know, feeling overwhelmed, then it's a good thing, you know, cause I'm hearing you and, you know, I could see there's that, there's, there's the smile in your face. You are so, so loving what you do and how you work with others to get them to do that. sense that it's really empowering to those who are on the other end who's, who are learning how to do or you know even relearning how to do two things or multitasking because what we are trying to do especially in this world that we are in now a lot of people are learning to multitask <laughs> mm -hmm. because there's so many things that we have to do and sometimes we are the only person trying to do all these things. We don't have the help. So 
what happened if while we're trying to multitask we forget what we were doing or we miss something so i love that you did bring the intention to it's not for perfection because that's pretty much what i think i heard you know we're not doing anything for perfection but it's mainly to help people to know that you know you could find balance that way you could remember things that way you could be able to do you know to do those two things and not really feel overwhelmed at the end of you know completion so that's that that's wonderful the work that you are doing and how you're getting people to stand on that um aspect of finding balance as well because i could uh, imagine how you know how not overwhelming but it could be a stressor right to have people you know to do those exercise when they are in pain how do you get them to do <laughs> how do they establish their mind to know that it's it's okay at some point they go into the process of healing and like you said transformation so when they do that when they get to the process of healing and transformation what comes back to you as a you know like what do they say what are the the, the words that you are hearing from your clients yeah well a lot of times um they're surprised you know and um especially like if i'll start someone um on a working on a swiss ball or you know the big mm -hmm. exercise balls mm -hmm. and um sometimes they do not want to sit on them and um, i'm always telling them you know i'll be behind you i'll um, have a gate belt around you i'll hold you you won't fall you know i've never lost anybody yet <laughs> But, um, you know, and sometimes they get on there, they have no sense of where their body is in space, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, then I know that's a good exercise for them. So if I can convince them and give them the safety and, you know, we might go side to side, forwards and backwards and just get them comfortable on that, you know, on that ball. But, you know, two weeks later, if we continue to do that exercise, they, they, their body, their mind and body has come together. They are starting mm -hmm. to make those neural networks. They know where they are in space. They can maybe even lift their legs mm -hmm. um, and lift their arms and feel comfortable. So um, at that point, they're they're kind of surprised. They're like, "Wow, this this really does work," you know. Which I, I love that that they get that feedback. Like therapy works, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's one of the things I get is kind of that surprise. And you know, I'm glad I glad I did this. Um, yes, I, I think that, um, you know, I try to give my patients a lot of feedback, like daily feedback on their progress. And I think that helps them keep the mental status up that, you know, I'm making progress, I'm doing better. And so I think it's kind of almost a gradual thing. And um, a lot of them are so happy to go home and they're, you know, very grateful, you know, for what we have done for them. But um, yeah. Yeah. So now you are focusing on helping professional understand the system that you apply. Yeah. And for them to take it to their own um, world and their own clinic to do the same thing and apply it. So how has this process been in terms of um, the structures that you have in your coaching practice? So people who are taking those coaching um, lessons or working with you one-on-one -on -one can go ahead or in groups can go ahead and help their clients as well um yeah and i actually i have a class uh it's a three-hour course mm 
and I have it with on um, Allied Health Education. It's on mm -hmm. their platform. Mm -hmm. And um, I have my own class and I have a six hour class. Mm -hmm. And I am now just actually just starting to market that to therapists. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing, you know, I'm marketing it because it improves patient outcomes, you know. It also improves your productivity, which as therapists, we're all striving to be productive. You know, I mean, that's what we're, you know, we, we have standards we got to, you know, get to. And then and the other thing is it's revenue. It's business mm -hmm. building because, mm -hmm. and you know, and if you look at it that way, one therapist can work with up to like six patients at a time. So um, that, you know, that, that helps your productivity. Um, but mainly I'm just so passionate about it for, for what it does for the patients, you know? Mm -hmm. So I am, I am, um, you know, uh, kind of getting, getting the word out now about it. Um, I think my, a little bit of my barrier is that there's two types of group therapy right. and yeah, one is where the therapist just directs a group to do the same exercises, you know? And the group therapy I teach is where you set up that activity, you know, and if it is a gardening group, you have, you know, people sitting at tables and, and planting pots and, you, you know, we had people hanging, um, doing, putting up hanging, hanging baskets, you know, mm -hmm. we had people sweeping the, the patio. Um, we had people, you know, with watering cans up and moving around. We had the people discussing, you know, how they planted gardens all their life. Um, so there were, there were just many different things um, that went into that group. And, and like I said, it's the face-to-face -face interactions. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I like to tell people too, um, you know, for outpatients, I think it's important even for outpatients mm -hmm. because um, you can even, even like sports injuries, you know, when you think about it, like a football team, um, you know, to get back, to get to your highest level to play the game. I mean, you can't just sit there and watch film all day long you know you can watch the film and you can learn you know and you can go and lift your weights and and work out your body but you have to play the game you yeah. know you have to be face to face it's almost like body to body you have to get that little bit of rush of adrenaline you have to get that competitive spirit going and that's when you become a winner in my mm -hmm. mind. You know? mm -hmm. That's how mm -hmm. you win the game is you got to play it. You got to play, you got to have an opponent. You have to play face to face. So like to take action. Yeah. Take action. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think our patients need. I think they need that. And um, I have these pictures that actually I just got off the internet because um, I can't be with my patients right now in groups, you know, due to the pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. So, um, but I took off these pictures and it shows, you know, el the elderly, you know, playing games and, and, and playing, you know, like, um, oh, I, I can't remember all the things they were doing, like even like a scavenger hunt and some games and such. And, um, but you could just see it on their face, <laughs> you know, the, you know, it's, it's almost like the, the surprise or the, you know, the, the, com you can just see the competitive juices coming out, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I think that's really what propels us forward, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and even, and I even think about myself, if I would go out and exercise with people, you know, and, and saw them stretching, well, I would try a little bit harder to stretch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or if they were walking at a certain pace, I would try to keep up, you know? So I think that, you know, that group, again, the group, um, it just, it's motivating, right. you know, right. it's like, it's like positive peer pressure.
So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> positive peer pressure. You know how sometimes the pressure can be a lot. So. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I what I like is that you know when you work with the group, you know everybody gets something that they can relate to because they are doing it together and they are learning from each other. It's just like when you are working with young children and you put them together in group to do something, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get to see the evolve together because they're working and they're connecting, they're talking to each other. And that's what you do. You know, that's how you are getting everybody to move on that same beat and the same rhythm. So the exercise and earlier you mentioned about, you know, getting them to find their balance, you know, when they are sitting on the stress ball and exercising on that as well. I could, you know, I know for myself, there are times we lose, I lose by balance, you know, depending mm-hmm. on what I'm doing at that time. And to find that, you know, you sit in a certain way and then when you stand, you stand in a different way to see how you're going to move around or being able to continue what you're doing. It's, it, it I, I'm trying to imagine the result of it, but when it comes to me, correct me if I'm wrong, is that once they continue to do the work from moving to one direction to another or one form to another form of, for example, sitting to standing with their, now their feet together where their feet were apart, do they continue to, are they able to continue to perform? For example, if they were painting, right? Because you talked about the creation of painting as well are they able can people continue to stay with the mindset of that same activity they were doing from sitting to standing because to me i'm trying to picture would i i kind of think that it becomes difficult because they already losing their balance the way of thinking their mind is already different you know it's like oh you know I don't have balance. So how am I going to continue to do, to paint or to do the project or work on what I was doing when I was seated, you know, cause immediately that's the thing we do. We think when we react with our thought in a certain way. So enlighten me there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I, I kind of wonder if that's where, you know, the therapeutic activities, um, because um, some of those um, are like some of those activities are like hardwired in your brain mm-hmm. and so they come back pretty naturally you know mm-hmm. like even like taking a paintbrush and reaching up to a canvas you know you know you can think of how many times you reached up into a cupboard you know to mm-hmm. get a glass you know so that's kind of a natural thing and 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 doing that all these years you know you know how to shift your body to reach up and keep your balance so I think that's where those therapeutic activities come in very handy, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, um, you know, that, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if we had them just stand there and reach their arm up in the air, um, I, I just don't think it has as much significance. Okay. And, 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 and it's, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of science behind it, but, you know, yeah. And, oh, I, I think that, you know, um, I'm not sure that I'm answering your question, but I think 
that people um, gain gain that um, you know get kind of gain the confidence mm -hmm. um, you know and it can come kind of slowly for some and maybe even a little bit more rapidly for some mm -hmm. but um, it just takes such a multi system that's why I like you know working with the body and brain together mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. you are able to get to all those systems and um, you know, patients might even be able to figure out some of this on their own, you know, mm -hmm. because they're doing it. And I, and, and I also teach, um, it's David Kolb's, um, I, he has a lear learning theory and how he teaches people. And the first step of it is just doing the activity, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we, we do the activity and then you give your patients a little time to reflect and reflection is, is critical for learning. You know, mm -hmm. and this is where you come in and ask them a lot of questions. And I think that to your point, when we have our patients, you know, and they might go from that sitting to standing and um, they might be surprised that, um, and it's a it might even be a different feeling when they get up on their feet. But again, that's the learning experience. And we try to bring their attention to that. Well, you know, how does, how does that feel? Mm -hmm. you know and um, maybe giving them a little bit of time to think about it and you know well what would you do different ne next time or say say they stood up and they lost kind of lost their balance you know yeah well what would you do next time to keep your balance so um, I, I use a lot of questions and a lot of you know pointing it back to them and how they're feeling and, and what they're learning mm -hmm. and hopefully the next day they can come back and do that same exercise again and and have more success mm, I love that getting those professionals and you know I go I'm going back to getting the professionals to use their creativity the creative talents that they have in themselves so they can fulfill the task they can do the work and being able to feel energized and doing it being able to feel more innovative in their what they do in the creation that they do so tell me how so far what are the things that you get to see your your um, professional clients do when they realize that oh wow I have that in me are they asking mm. those questions mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, sometimes <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say all the time and and I think too probably some of the people you work with they're probably hungry for that like mm -hmm. they want to find their creative you know their their creative genius so to speak mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and they want to put it out into the world um i know and i know some of my patients are at the point where they're <laughs> i'm not so sure they're you know all that interested you know in in doing that um but i like to pair their strengths with and we have i have a little strength finding exercise with their life vision or their life passion mm -hmm. and put those two things together and when we do that, you know, it's so important because, you know, that's what gets you out of bed in the morning is your, mm -hmm. is your, your life vision or else mm -hmm. I don't think anybody would get up if we didn't have a life vision and some yes. purpose, you know? Yes. So, yeah, but uh, to your point with the creativity, um, 
I like to help people too to 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 find that creative genius and that's kind of how I do it is I, I pair their strengths with their their life vision and mm -hmm. sometimes you have to go way back into your younger days when you you know really had that clear sense of who you are or who or what you want you know mm -hmm. and I think we all have that but um speaking of the creativity you know um and the neuroplasticity I teach people to keep their brains flexible. And I think that's a big part of creativity. Your brain has to be flexible to, to you know, come up with new ideas and new thoughts and be open to you know, different things. So I teach people how to take risks. And this isn't necessarily, this could be my patients, but it could be other, other people. But you know, to take risks every day. And they don't have to be like life-shattering risks, you know, they can be little risks, you know, nothing, nothing, yeah, harmful or, you know, you don't want to lose your whole bank account if you decide, well, I'm going to invest today <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you don't you have to take too big of a risk, but, you know, taking risk trains your brain. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and when you take a risk, you're either going to succeed or you're going to fail you know mm -hmm. and we all learn from failure you know we all get back and up and and do it over and do it better and um but i tell people if you want to be the boss like if, if you know when you get older and you might have to go to assisted living and you want to be the boss and you want to be the, the boss of your life you need to start now and and yes we all need to start in our middle age we need to build our brains up. It's it's called cognitive reserve. It's like filling up a car with gas. You want to mm -hmm. fill it fill it full so it'll take you all the miles, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with our brain. If we work on our brains now, if we exercise them, stimulate them, take the risks, take the challenges, uh, we have to challenge ourselves every day, you know, mm -hmm. physically, mm -hmm. mentally. Yes, and if we do that, when we get into our 70s and 80s and 90s, we're going to have that reserve. It's like our gas tank is going to be more full, you know, and we're going to have more to go on when we get into our older age. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you there and um, yeah, teaching people to be creative. I think it's fun, you know, you can do different exercises for, um, you know, just challenging, setting goals, challenging, taking risks and all that, yeah. Mm, mm. And you, you have the, you have a, um, a strategy that you use, or because you do have the experience. I love that mm. name, the experience. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> is yeah. that the 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 strategy that you use? Is that the 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 structure that you use for your program itself throughout the entire program, or it is just for when you're working with certain group of people? Yeah. Um... I, I kind of, I use that, um, actually I, I teach therapists to use that, um, even as they're building like a home exercise program, um, uh, with their, with their, uh, patients and their caregivers or family. But yeah, that, that is my basic, um, format, my framework. And that's where I do, I, 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 you know, we find the strengths and that leads to finding weaknesses. And I'm really about building up weaknesses myself, you know, because you're gonna, you're gonna need them as you age, you know? all your all your skills and then um, the life vision or passion 
And then we set goals, long-term, short-term goals. And then we find those uh, concrete activities that you need to do to reach those goals, you know? And there's just little, little activities that you do daily to, to get there. And then um, finally, uh, we do the assessment. You know, you, you assess and you reassess and you say, you know, are we on the right path or do we need to do something different or, you know, that type of thing and um, just start all over. It's kind of like a circle. You just, it, it kind of yeah. never ends, you know, because yeah. your, your strengths will change, your weaknesses will change, you know, and your goals change. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a lifelong, <laughs> it's really a lifelong yeah, journey. It's a cycle. Yeah, yeah it's cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah. Love mm -hmm. that. Well, we are coming to the end of our um, meet, our meet, I know mm -hmm. this. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what I want to know is um, if you were to, if somebody comes into you right now and they said, you know what, Teresa, I want to have two two tips that I can start using right now in my creativity. And so I could be flexible with the way I think I could have the balance just so I could go on right now. What are the tips you would share with them? Um, well, I would say, um, to get your, to get your body and brain in really good shape. Um, and if you want to, you want to use my book, I've got six healthy lifestyle strategies that are really non-negotiable mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it, it includes breathing and meditation. And, and, uh, I talk about the Mediterranean diet and we need to get our bodies ready, you know, mm -hmm. because, uh, creatives, if you want to create, um, you know, and the Timmy creatives um, have an easier time at even maybe slipping into depression and anxiety because it's hard, you know, mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. it's hard when you're creating and you might run into a roadblock. So get your body prepared, you know, and at the same time, get, you don't know, get your body and mind prepared. And then I would set a set of goals, just start mm -hmm. set, setting some goals and getting those concrete activities and just, you know, little by little put, putting them in place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one way to, it's a good start mm -hmm. at, you know, mm -hmm. being, being creative. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. If somebody wants to work with you, where can they find you? Um, I have a website and it's, uh, Teresa And, um, I, I don't know. Are, if you, do you have any show notes or are, are actually, you know, it, because I, okay. Links. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have, have the link. Um, my name is, if you're writing it down, but my name is spelled T E R E S A M O E R E R. And that's where you can, you can find me and you can set up. I do 10, 10 calls a month. I do a 20 minute free, um, kind of, I call it crack the code. Again, I love art. You know, you can tell I love art. Crack the code, Da Vinci. <laughs> da Vinci. I love that. Yeah. I so, love that. Yeah. It's kind of peel, you know, kind of helping you to kind of find that creative genius and taking mm -hmm. the first step to get out there. And I do a 20 minute free call if you'd like to chat with me about strategies for that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you can find that all on my website and, and my email is on my website too. I'd love to Wonderful. hear from you. Yeah. If you have any questions, I, 
you know, love to help people. Thank you so much, Teresa. I really enjoyed having you this evening This um, to speak and have some great conversation about what you do and how you could help others as well develop their creativity and their their the part of them that they never knew existed because that's we do have that as well we have we have that creativity of, in us and a lot of times we do not we don't we try not to be too curious to see what we can do mm-hmm. <laughs> so i really love yeah. that you say you push people to take risk because mm-hmm. it's like taking that curiosity in them and say you know what it's okay it's mm-hmm. okay to be curious just go in here and try and that's how you're gonna learn to be better so i really enjoy that thank you so much and for those of you who are listening you know you could always begin you could always look into your zone of genius you could always tap into it because it's something that you have in you we all have it in ourselves but sometimes we run away from it because we think it's challenging and we are afraid of the challenge so teresa is going to help you understand that you do not need to be scared of the challenge actually take the risk around those challenges so you could learn how to step in the zone of genius that you have within you. So on that, thank you everybody for listening. That was Unleashed Unapologetically. Good night, good afternoon, good day, everyone, wherever you are. Bye.